0: So you want to know the ins and outs of managing your money. Well, lucky for you, you're just in time for another episode of Master Your Finances with Certified Financial Planner Professional, Kurt Baker. Kurt and his panel of experts are here for you and will cover topics from a legal and personal standpoint. They'll discuss tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money, and more. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Ryder offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Ryder University. Now, let's learn how we can better change our habits with Kurt Baker.
1: Right, welcome back. You're listening to 1077 The 1077thebrock.com. Live from Canadi Public House Studios, you are listening to Master Your Finances, presented by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. I am Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional. I'll be hosting your show today. I'm located right here in Princeton, New Jersey. I can be reached through our website, which is www.cwmi.us, or you can call me directly at 609-716-4700. Last week, we talked uh, with, to John uh, Pavlovsky, uh, Jr., CPA, who's an expert in uh, nonprofit uh, accounting and best practices for the nonprofit world as far as their finances goes. So if you happen to miss that show sure or any of our shows, you can go to www.masteryourfinances.us to download the podcast and listen to your le- leisure. Um, this week, we're very pleased to have back with us, uh, again, uh, Robert Bratman, who was here about a month ago, and we kind of got uh, into it a little bit uh, about... Uh, Uh, lawsuits and personal injury and so forth. Uh, He is a shareholder of Stark & Stark, uh, a trial attorney with over 30 years of experience of handling serious uh, personal injury claims, uh, including uh, severe spinal and brain injuries. He's among uh, a select few of attorneys certified by the Supreme Court of New Jersey as a certified civil trial attorney, is admitted to the practice before the state and federal bars of New Jersey, and uh, is certified to practice uh, before the Supreme Court of the United States. He's a member of both the uh, New Jersey and Mercer County Bar Associations and Mr. Bratman has uh, lectured and instructed other lawyers in his field of expertise. Jersey Law Journal recently selected him as a Super Lawyer of uh, 2016. Uh in his free time, he serves on the board of Crossings Animal Sanctuary and an animal welfare organization dedicated to uh, saving the lives of stray and unwanted animals in Bucks and Mercer County. And he's here today to discuss insurance and what happens uh, if you're unfortunately injured in a, in a motor vehicle collision. And I think probably the best way to start, off, Robert, might be we should go over some of the basics of the insurance uh, that we talked about a, about a month ago, and then we can dig a little deeper into some of the nuances of what people really should be aware of because it's such an important subject.
2: Sure, Kurt, and again, it's a pleasure to be back with you and your listeners today. Um, This is a very important topic. And unfortunately, so many people don't understand insurance. And because they don't understand insurance, when they go to purchase uh, motor vehicle insurance, they think that they're getting full coverage, but they're really not. They're getting full F-O-O-L coverage as opposed to F-U-L-L coverage. Um, And really, an automobile insurance policy is not that complicated once you begin to understand it, and it's composed of several different parts. First is liability. Liability is what protects me if I cause a a car crash or or run a pedestrian over and that person turns around and sues me, what's going to protect me? And that's liability. In the state of New Jersey, we have a minimum requirement under our law, and that's $15,000 per person $30,000 Thirty thousand dollars per accident. It's expressed typically on an insurance policy as fifteen slash thirty. What that means is, if I rear end a car and it contains two people, each person in that car, if their injuries are valuable enough, can each get up to fifteen thousand dollars. It doesn't mean they're automatically going to each get fifteen. They must prove that their injury is uh, significant and at least worth the fifteen thousand. Um, That is the minimum policy. And someone might say, well, boy, I'm just starting out in life. Um, You know, why do I care? Why should I have bigger than a 1530 policy? I rent an apartment. Uh, My car is 12 years old. I really don't own anything. What's the benefit of getting a larger insurance policy? And there's a distinct benefit that people need to understand. In addition to liability coverage, which protects you in the event if you get sued, there's something called uninsured, underinsured coverage. And it's expressed typically on a policy as UM U M is in Mary or UIM, and it stands for uninsured motorist coverage, underinsured motorist coverage. Here's why it's important. If the person that hits you has no insurance, and folks, I think the statistic is about thirty percent of the people driving are uninsured drivers. Wow. If the that's ter- a high
1: number, wow, it's, it's
2: terrible actually. Oh my wow, um, if the person who hits you is either uninsured or if they have a fifteen thousand dollar policy and you are seriously injured. This is the fund of coverage that's going to protect you in that situation. And um, that's why it's important to get a higher liability policy because your UM-UIM can never be more than your liability. So if you buy 1530 of liability, you are stuck with 1530 of UM-UIM coverage. If you buy $100,000 of liability, now you have the option to raise your uninsured, underinsured coverage up to a hundred thousand dollars and now you have more protection if the person that hits you either doesn't have insurance or has a lower lower policy insurance typically comes in in several packages it's 15 30 25 50 50 100 uh, then you have combined single limit of 100 you have 100 300 you can have 250 500 these are all the way the insurances are packaged If you have a higher liability policy, you can raise your uninsured, underinsured policy. And people remember this. Don't think just because you bought the higher liability, you're automatically going to get the higher UM UMUIM. You must tell your agent, or if you buy it directly, tell the insurance company that you want your uninsured, underinsured coverage to equal your liability coverage. The good news is that it's the liability coverage that's expensive. The UMUIM coverage is a fraction of the cost. Uh, but for instance, if you're paying, let's say you have 100000 liability and you're paying uh, uh, $300 per car for that $100,000 liability, the UMUIM coverage should run about maybe $50. Yeah. It's much, much less. Um, and it's really there to protect you, and that's why you got to make sure that you have the higher liability policy. That makes a lot
1: of sense. Uh, you have to be careful yourself, right? Because if you end up in a situation where you do have, you need the help, you need the coverage to pay for the help, right? If you get into a serious uh, accident.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, so here here's the thing people need to understand, too. I mean, it's very easy to get seriously hurt in a motor vehicle collision, unfortunately, depending on how the accident happens. Even if you're wearing your seatbelt, I have seen people suffer life-changing injuries from being in a car crash, and it's so sad when the person comes in and they have the 1530 liability and the 1530 UMUIM, and the person that hits them has a 1530 liability, and I have to tell them, guess what? There's only $15,000 here, and they say, well, that's that's terrible. And I look at their UM UIM, and there's only fifteen thirty. And I have to tell them this, and and it's so sad. And usually those people go out immediately, and they raise their policy limits because God forbid they're in another you know crash. And hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Well, <laughs> and the, and the sad thing is, is if you're a driver in the state of New Jersey, there's a high percentage you're going to get involved in a in a motor vehicle collision. Right. There's a reason our rates are a little higher than the rest of the country uh, uh, because yeah, the probability is higher. Most populated state you know and uh, lots and lots of cars here so that that's absolutely correct right right
1: so it's important to make sure you're protected for your so you really have to kind of make sure you have that uninsured underinsured level high enough to where you can protect yourself as well
2: yeah we you know we recommend a minimum of a hundred uh, 300 and again a hundred 300 means that if you crash into somebody and you have a hundred 300 liability that the person that you hit who then turns around and sues you can get up to a hundred thousand dollars depending on the seriousness of their injury if there's three people in the car they can each get up to a hundred thousand dollars depending on the seriousness if there's four people in the car well then no person can get more than a hundred thousand and there's a total pool of 300 available that's your liability that's your uninsured underinsured the next most important part of the policy is pip personal injury protection pip is nothing more than health insurance attached to your car insurance Uh, many of the listeners have heard of no fault insurance and what does it mean all no-fault insurance means is that regardless of who caused the crash, your own automobile insurance is going to pay for your medical bills, your hospital treatment, and so forth and so on. Um, when when PIP first came out, it was, and this is like 1987, 1986-87, it was absolutely unlimited. If you were involved in a car crash, you had unlimited health insurance that was going to pay for your medical bills. I still have a client today that was hurt in a 1987 car wreck. She was 15 years old at the time. Her medical bills are in the millions and millions of dollars. She's gone through five or six back surgeries, she's completely disabled. Thank God that back then there was the unlimited PIP. Let's move to the future now no longer. Now the most PIP you can purchase is $250,000 of coverage. Um, and that's subject to a small deductible of $250 and a copay of 20% of the next $4,750. So let me just wrap that up for you. What that means is if there's $5,000 in medical bills, you're going to be on the hook for 1200 and if you have private health insurance, you can submit that twelve hundred to your private health insurance, and they'll pay it in accordance. However, they do, you know how they do that. Um, so the PIP now, and here's the thing: we've seen it more and more and more, and especially in the inner cities, where the insurance companies are telling people, "You don't need two hundred and fifty thousand in PIP. Let's just give you fifteen thousand in PIP." Well, folks, fifteen thousand in PIP with today's hospital bills. basically is going to use up your hospital and maybe you can get a test or something afterwards so 15 is really not good it's the full coverage again f-o-o-l oh good so so that in this case pip i guess is the primary and the health insurance is the secondary right because we talked a little bit about. Correct. Why that matters what order they're in. Correct. And you can choose. You can say I opt to have my health insurance as primary. The only problem with doing that is now you're you're opting for your health insurance company's rules. You need to get pre-approvals. You can't treat with whoever you want and there's a problem with that.
1: Right. So I know generally you were telling us it's better to have the auto to be primary than the then the then you have the health secondary if it if it really does run beyond those limits then at least you're tapping into the health insurance,
2: correct? Ab- absolutely. Primary, you can go to whatever doctor you want to see you don't have to get a referral to go to the physician and it's much better in the long run to have it as primary right
1: and then i guess we only have about a minute or so but then you want to discuss just the umbrella would go on top of that correct sure so, it's so to understand that so well.
2: there's something called an umbrella policy an umbrella policy is policy is, is insurance coverage in addition to what you have um so let's say that you're driving along you're a homeowner you've you've yeah you own a business and what have you you have assets and Unfortunately, you get into a horrible car crash, you hurt a lot of people. Unless you have an umbrella policy that's on top of your liability policy, there's a good chance your assets are going to be violated. Most umbrellas start about a million bucks and the cost of them are 150 to $200, very, very cheap.
1: Yeah, and it's really important, uh, you know, just to emphasize that you know, umbrellas are a very important uh, part of your plan, your financial plan, to protect your, your personal wealth. And, uh, and, in fact, advisors who are fiduciaries, it's actually uh, a violation of fiduciary responsibility not to mention the umbrella policy because it is such a big deal. It's such a low expense and it's such a huge benefit if something were. God forbid to happen that you could take care of that. So, so that was kind of our recap. We're going to come back and dig a little deeper when we get back. So, basically, in the important sections of the uh, insurance, are first to understand your your liability and make sure you have your um, underinsured and uninsured motorist uh, limits high enough so you can actually protect yourself. So even if you really don't have a lot of assets, it's still important for your own benefit because there are about thirty percent of the people out there are currently driving around without insurance in New Jersey. So if something were to happen, you want to make sure you're covered. You also want to make sure your your personal injury insurance is an important part of the insurance, even though sometimes the salespeople. People will try to cut your premiums down in, in a negotiation when you're competing and that's you got to be careful about you know saving a couple dollars now and really not getting the coverage that you need and you want to make sure that you, you hold your uh, auto insurance typically is much better to be primary than the health insurance uh, for better benefits and also to make absolutely certain that you uh, include an umbrella policy in uh, your overall planning uh, and attach that as well just uh, for catastrophic issues um, so we will right back and we'll dig a little deeper into this uh,
0: This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash next step.
1: Back to listening to Master Your Finance, I'm Kurt Baker, certified financial planner professional here with Robert Bratman, a partner at Stark and & Stark and a, and a uh, an expert in uh, personal injury. And we were talking a little bit about the basics of um, insurance and your auto policy, the liability areas, as well as the uh, uh, health side, the personal injury side, and then when we just before the break, we were talking a little bit about umbrella policies. And I know there's a little bit more you want to add to that as far as why umbrella policies are, are important to have uh, for your in auto as well as just overall protection, yeah. frankly.
2: So, so anyone who is uh, moving along in life and developing their wealth and so forth and has a stock account and owns a home and maybe owns a business or what have you, they really seriously need to look into the umbrella policy. The umbrella policy is that coverage in addition to what is there on liability. The typical umbrella policy starts at a half a million dollars, I'm sorry, at a million dollars, um, It you usually have to have at least $250,000 of liability coverage before a company will sell you an umbrella policy. They typically start at a million dollars. They're very inexpensive, a couple hundred bucks for a million dollars in coverage. It's all based on risk and odds. The insurance company knows that uh, very rarely do the injuries tap into the million-dollar range, and that's why it's so inexpensive, um, but extremely important because, God forbid, you're in an accident, you hurt people seriously, and they turn around and sue you. If you have assets and low coverages, you're going to be gone after. you got to protect yourself. Uh, the other important thing about an umbrella is this. Very few of them will tie into uninsured underinsured coverage. So when you are shopping for your umbrella, the question that you want to ask is, does this coverage tie into my uninsured, underinsured coverage? So if I am hurt in a very bad collision and the person does not have sufficient coverage, once my underlying UM, UMUIM is exhausted by paying me, will my umbrella provide another layer of coverage? Um, there are only a few companies in New Jersey that I know that, that have that tie-in. I don't know if I'm allowed to, to name them on on the air, <laughs> but they're... But we, a- we, we, can, well, we we can discuss that.
1: If they need it, we can definitely let oh, them know. Yep, okay.
2: Absolutely. okay. Um, so, so that's the umbrella. So... Um, I think the next thing that people need to look at when they purchase their, their auto insurance is something called the lawsuit threshold. Um, it's also called the lawsuit limitation, the limitation on threshold. Uh, it's not a good thing. It's an anti-consumer law, um, and unfortunately, we have it in New Jersey. We also have it in Pennsylvania. The law in New Jersey says the only way that you can make a financial recovery if you have the lawsuit limitation on your auto policy is if you have one of six injuries. You either have to be dead, yeah, dismembered, oh my have a bad scar, have a broken bone that's not only broken, but it's also displaced, be a pregnant woman and lose the baby as a result of the crash or number six, have a permanent injury. So, you know, most people that come in who've been involved in a car crash, thank, thankfully they're not dead. They're not dismembered. They don't have a bad scar. They don't have a displaced, broken bone. And, you know, fortunately we're not losing babies left and right out on the road. Um, So when most people come to see me and have soft tissue injuries and they have the lawsuit limitation, I tell them, you know what, you have a very, very tough case ahead of you because proving that you have suffered a permanent injury is not as simple as it may sound. I can't just go to your treating physician and say, does Mr. Jones have a permanent injury? And the doctor says, oh, yes, he has a permanent injury. That doesn't cut it. There must be objective medical proof of a permanent injury. Typically what is meant by that is there has to be an MRI, a CAT scan, an EMG, uh, any of the so-called neurodiagnostic tests that actually show an injury. And these are tests that the patient has no control over. It either is or it isn't. Uh, Mostly what we see is MRIs showing what are called herniated discs. The the, uh, public typically know them as slip discs. Basically, just a a quick medical uh, lesson here. Your spine has vertebrae, which are bone, and has discs, which are soft tissue. They're the shock absorber in between the bone. Many doctors say they're like jelly donuts. They have an exterior and they have a a gooey interior. Uh, Mm -hmm. More like the substance of crab meat is the interior, is what I've heard surgeons describe it as. A herniated disc is when one of these shock absorbers in between your vertebrae actually herniates or basically explodes outward and what happens is the interior of the disc that crab-like material called the nucleus pulposus, spreads out and when it spreads out the spaces in our spine are very very tiny and that's where your spinal cord is and your nerves that go into your arms your legs your hands your organs if they herniate and the material comes out and presses against the nerve that can cause a serious nerve injury. That is a herniated disc that would qualify to, to under permanent injury under the lawsuit threshold. But here's the problem with that. Um, the person may get an MRI, might show the herniated disc, and we present that in court. Now the defense insurance company the insurance company that's defending the claim they hire a lawyer that lawyer hires a doctor that doctor looks at the same mri and says well you know i see the herniated disc there but this gentleman is 50 years old they've lived a little bit you know listen as we live or we start to decay there's arthritis etc etc that herniated disc really isn't from this car crash that herniated disc is the benefit of growing older. It was there before the crash, and it's just coincidence that the person is now getting all this physical therapy and treatment and so forth and so on. The disc was there before. If that's presented in court and the jury accepts that, that the herniated disc was not caused by the car crash but, but, but caused by just the benefit of growing older— then guess what, folks? No case. And so that is why we tell people when you purchase your auto insurance, opt out of the lawsuit limitation. Instead, get the no threshold or the no limitation. This provides an unlimited right to make a claim. And recover financially for your injuries, no matter what your injury is, whether it's a soft tissue injury, a broken bone, or something more catastrophic.
1: I have to agree with that. I think, I think people don't tend to pay attention enough attention to their insurance policies until, until they're actually in the middle of a claim. Um, and that's what, I, you know, as you know, I spend a lot of time is we're reviewing these things to make sure people understand what their their coverage is and what it's not. And that's the big key is you're pointing out some very important things that people are not covered for if you do. have, And that's why you have insurance in the first place. Sometimes people forget why you're actually buying this stuff in the first place. Um, you know, it, it, it's an expense. You hope you never have to call in the, the chips, so to speak, or never have to. Uh, but if you do you're going to be very appreciative that it's there. And, and it's, it's, you know, I, as you have, I've seen people in these situations and it's heartbreaking when they don't have enough
2: coverage. It's such an important part of our life because let's face it, everybody who lives in New Jersey, if you're above the age of 17, you probably own a car and you probably need that car for your very existence because you're not walking to your job, you know, you, you're not riding a bike to your job, you're driving. And unfortunately, the statistics are that if you drive a vehicle in the state of New Jersey, at some point, you are likely to get into a car crash.
1: Okay. Um, So you had some other things here you want to talk about. I guess the difference between a basic and a standard
2: policy. What's what's, uh, some of the differences between those? Sure. So there's there's something called basic and, and standard. The basic policy is the Bare minimum policy. That is the 1530 policy. Okay. That is a very low amount of PIP. Typically, fifteen thousand dollars in PIP. That is uninsured underinsured coverage of 1530. It's not a good policy. So don't get basic. Listen, if if you're <laughs> if you're absolutely kind of at the poverty level and you're not making right. a lot of money and you can't afford anything, it's a way to get you on the road. But it really is offering you very, very little protection. And so, yeah, don't get basic. Yeah.
1: As soon as you can, obviously, move up to what you can afford because that's really where it comes in. Because at some point, as you point out, the benefit is for yourself sometimes. If you get in the accident and you want to make sure you're covered and you get the treatment that you want. And that's really what I found the key to the insurance is you're getting the you're getting the treatment that you need when yes. needed, and you don't have to argue with people. You're focused more on your health than you are
2: on how it gets paid for. And, and shop it around. I mean, it's it's like anything. You're a consumer. There's you know there's probably over a hundred insurance companies in the state of New Jersey alone. Probably a lot more than that. Shop it around. Go get quotes. You know, they're they're you're in the marketplace.
1: Right, so it's important to get quotes and make sure you understand what it is. And I think uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about what you need to know if you're in a collision, because that's very important. People need to know what they need to do uh, when they get into a collision, and we'll uh, discuss that in detail when we come back in just a few minutes.
0: This is Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Learn about tax efficiency, liability, owning, managing, and saving your money and more from Kurt and his experienced panel of guests. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Ryder University. Ryder University offers flexible education for adult learners. For more information, it's rider.edu slash nextstep.
1: Hi, welcome back here listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional here with Robert Prattman, a partner at Stark and & Stark and uh, expert in uh, personal injury. Uh, And we're going to discuss, we've been discussing a little bit about the basics of the insurance and what kind of insurance coverage you should have and make sure that you've got uh, essentially full coverage for yourself and make sure you're covered uh, for whatever you can afford and make sure you have an umbrella policy and also to uh, make sure you opt out of the lawsuit limitation Um, in case you really do have a claim. You want to make sure that uh, you have all the ability uh, that that you need in order to get the treatment that you need, whether it's short term or long term. You want to make sure there's no limitation on that. Um, so, and we talked a little bit about the basic versus the standard policy just before we stopped, and then uh, I know you want to talk a little bit more about uh, uh, you know the insurance and what uh, you know the, how, how we go ahead with uh, you know what is uh, what what do I do in the case so that I am injured in a collision? What's the next yes. step,
2: right? Yes, we have an accident. There we are standing by the road. Now what? So here's where it starts, Kurt. <laughs> and I'm going to take people back even before they get in their car before and get car. in that crash, which is likely if they're if they're driving in New Jersey. Before you start driving, take your car insurance policy, take it out of the package, and look at it. And if you don't understand what it says, I will tell you right now. Pretty much any personal injury lawyer in the phone book will review that policy with you for free, and they won't charge you anything. And I know we do that at Stark and Stark all the time. Make sure that you are protected on that policy before you start driving. All right, now let's get to the side of the road. You were were just rear-ended. What do I do? Okay, well, the the first thing that you do is make sure that, you know, you're all there, obviously. Make sure you're okay. Uh, Check in on the other driver, perhaps, uh, you know, even if you were not at fault and you were rear-ended, make sure everybody's okay and the and the scene is secured. Call the police. Call nine one one. Never, ever, ever. Agree to leave an accident scene without it being documented because you will have nothing but problems later on. And that very nice person that rear-ended you and, and uh, damaged your bumper who says, oh, don't worry. I'll give I, you a couple hundred bucks, I, right? Don't worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> now you bring your car into the shop and they say, well, it's more than just a little thing on the bumper. They actually did this and that and it's actually going to be $1,500. You call up the guy and the guy doesn't know you anymore or the lady doesn't know right. you anymore. yeah well, Wonder why. Wonder why. (laughs) Always call the police. Do it now. It's going to save you a lot of headache, a lot of time in the future. So now you're waiting for the police to arrive. Everybody carries a cell phone with them today. Most of the phones have cameras on them. The thing that you need to do is document the scene document the property damage. This assumes that you're not so grievously injured that you're not thinking properly, um, but uh, if if you're in a collision and it, you still have your wits about you, make sure you document the scene. Make sure you document the property damage by taking photos. It's digital. Take a lot of photos. We're no longer dealing with 30 pictures on a roll of film, so make sure everything is documented. If you have Uh, visible injuries, Uh, typically you get a a seatbelt bruise or let's say there's something more significant, photograph the injuries. You want to have evidence in the event that your injury is a significant injury and you decide to hire a lawyer, you want to have documentation. The next thing that's important is after you've, let's say, gone to the hospital and gotten checked out in an emergency room situation, whether you're going to bring a case or not, If your injury is there and you feel it, it's worth calling up a lawyer and going in for a consultation. Regardless if you're gonna bring a claim, the consultation's free, ladies and gentlemen. Personal injury lawyers don't get paid unless they bring a case, and at the end of the case, their fee is is set by the Supreme Court. So it's not gonna cost you anything to call up your local personal injury lawyer, make an appointment, go in, sit down with that lawyer, learn what your rights are, and I have to tell you this, most lawyers are gonna tell you that if you are seriously going to pursue a case, It's important to start getting medical care right away. And it's important for several reasons. Number one, uh, there are numerous studies that show that people who get treatment right away make the best recovery. Even with the so-called soft tissue injury, the soft tissue injury is that the musculature in the neck or back actually tears. And when it heals, it heals with a scar. Your muscle actually heals with a scar you might have a good recovery it will be improved and enhanced if you get physical therapy if you get chiropractic care you're going to have the best chance of a better recovery if you do these things so number one it's to make sure that you have the best recovery number two if you wait a month two months three months and you say boy this is going to get better I know it's going to get better. It's going to heal. And now you're three months downstream and you still are in a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort. And now you go and you seek medical care. Number one, it's going to be harder to get your insurance company's PIP coverage to cover the care because the insurance company is rightfully going to say, well, how do we know it's related to this collision? You went to the emergency room and that was it. You didn't do anything for three months. Uh, They're going to have a strong argument, a persuasive argument that, you know, why is this related? Why should we pay for it Um, and secondly the insurance company on the other side when it's time to bring your case against them they're going to say well how do we know that mr jones's injury is related to the crash that occurred three months before he went and sought any treatment and think how persuasive that's going to be with the jury because the jury's going to sit there and they're going to say you know what if i was in this crash i would have gone to the doctor right away i would have started treatment right away because i got to tell you something ladies and gentlemen people judging other people the people doing the judging are always going to h- hold themselves up to the highest standard. <laughs> they and would they, have done it right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they right? would have done it right. right? And, you know, <laughs> and I know, listen, just from personal experience, I had a back injury not caused by a car crash. Um, and like many men and maybe women too, I don't want to be sexist, but like many men, I just said, you know what, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to. A year later, I'm limping and it didn't get it better. It wasn't getting better. <laughs> I finally decided <laughs> to do something about it. I've had clients come. <laughs> Come in. the same thing, you know, six months, a year later. And unfortunately, I have to tell them, look, you know, I, I really can't help you because we're going to go to court and the lawyer for the defense is going to stand up and say, ladies and gentlemen, how could this be related? Six months passed. How do we know that Mr. Jones didn't trip in his bathroom? And that's how he hurt his back. And, you know, all, there's all of the arguments that to be made. So What's important is make sure you, if you're going, if you're thinking about pursuing a case, if you have any type of injury, sit down with the lawyer first. Let the lawyer explain to you your rights. The lawyer will probably say something similar to what I'm saying right now: is if you're hurt and you're going to go pursue a case, make sure you start getting treatment right away. What do you have to lose? Even if you don't bring a case, at least you've had treatment that's going to help you get better. Um, So go to the lawyer, see what they have to say. Now, assuming that you have a case that you're going to pursue, it's important to go to the doctor and get the treatment that's necessary. Um, It's, and especially if you have the lawsuit threshold on your policy, it's important to get documentation so that in the event that you pursue the case, you're able to overcome the lawsuit threshold by proving a permanent uh, injury um yeah. okay
1: uh, absolutely so uh, yeah i can't I, i'm agreeing with 100 percent here because i think you know there's no downside to this if, if you're in an auto accident i think the problem with some people is you don't necessarily feel the full impact of the injury immediately sometimes these things take days or weeks before they really kind of get to the point where it's like you know this is really not you know because you get you get a strain or you get a hurt i mean we work out we do other things in life you know like, yeah that's a little painful now and it's probably going to get better you you really have to kind of put the stake in the ground and say look something happened on this date get it documented, start taking care of yourself. If it leads to nothing, it leads to nothing. You didn't lose anything, just a little time maybe, but you took care of yourself. You made sure it was nothing. And if it is something, you've got all the necessary documentation as far as medically and, and uh, from the you know, from the police report, things like that to kind of say, hey, look, this is what happened on this day. I've gotten everything documented. And then if it turns into something bigger, you, you, you have the baseline. You have something to work from now.
2: Kurt, that's absolutely right. And, you know, just real life experience. I had a call this past week from a Rutgers student that was involved in an accident last September. They're calling me up now because they said their back hurts. I said, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I really can't help you out. You may have a very good case, but based on all the time that's passed and based on the fact that you got no treatment during that time period, it's very difficult to prove that your back injury now is related to the crash. And he said, well, you know, I was so busy. Busy with school. I didn't, you know, did you have to make the time. You have to protect yourself.
1: No, I agree. I can't agree more. I mean, I've known many situations, as I'm sure you have, where people have de- kind of delayed because it didn't seem so bad immediately. But you really have to document what's going on. Otherwise, you can't if you need to later, you know, take care of it. So it's important to you know have the full coverage and make sure you have the benefits that you need. It's important if there is an accident, you want to make sure that you first of all make sure you look at yourself, make sure that the other party is okay. If you're able to do so, call nine one one. Make sure the police get there, get a police report to document the entire thing. Uh, take photos as many photos as you can at the scene if you're po- if you're you know able to, of course. And uh, you know so you can document the scene and then uh, you know try to get your uh, medical help immediately and sit down with an attorney and go through the policy to make sure you understand where you are and see whether or not there may be an issue and and then if there's nothing later you did you didn't lose anything other than a little bit of time if there is then you've gotten yourself documented you've gotten the medical side as well as the legal side documented so then you can actually get some help later on and we'll uh, get into some more issues uh right back in, in just a few minutes we come right back
0: this is master your finances with kurt baker certified financial planner professional learn about tax efficiency liability owning managing and saving your money and more from kurt and his experienced panel of guests master your finances is underwritten in part by certified wealth management and investment and rider university rider university offers flexible education for adult learners for more information it's rider.edu slash next step
1: Hi, right, welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional here with Robert Fratman, a partner at Stark & Stark and uh, expert in personal injury. And uh, the last segment we talked, we were talking a little bit about what happens. Okay, you've got your insurance. Hopefully you got everything set up you know, the best you can. And now you're in an auto accident. Uh, what do you do next? Right? And so we went through that a little bit. So first of all, you make sure you're okay. Make sure the other person is okay. Uh, if uh, Call 911, get the police there to get a police report to document it. Uh, if you can, Go around, take photos of everything as much as you can, including yourself. If you see any injuries on yourself, you want to make sure you take the visible photos of any of that stuff. Uh, You know, go to the hospital, you know, get checked in, find out what's happening. uh, Because whether or not you actually feel anything right that minute, um, there could be things that may come up later. So you want to start documenting things up front. And then you also want to get a, you know, so from a medical perspective, you want to document what happened that day, as well as from a legal perspective, you want to sit down and go over that again with somebody who has expertise in a personal injury. Make sure you know what your rights are and things like that, and maybe what you want to do next. Um, Start getting the care you need. If there is any care that you need, make sure you start right away uh, and start documenting everything. Um, And then you mentioned, I guess, uh, at the break, that's like certain care paths and so forth. You want to explain to everybody, like, what... The care
2: paths are and what that means to us. Sure. So, assuming now you're in you're in a collision, you've decided to bring a case. You're going to a doctor. You're getting care. Under New Jersey motor vehicle insurance law, the doctor must treat you pursuant to certain. Uh, we'll call them medical directives that have been established by the Department of Insurance. So if you go see a physician with a sore neck, that doctor simply can't say, oh, well, you need neck surgery, let's, let's get that <laughs> scheduled next week, you know. Can't happen that way. Under the care paths, typically what happens is you first have to get either physical therapy or chiropractic care or a combination of, of both of them. If you are still not better, if you are still having problems, the next step is typically pain management. Pain management is, usually involves getting epidural injections. This is basically the introduction of a very potent Um, pain medication into your uh, spine. And the idea is that there's inflammation going on in the spine, that this uh, potent uh, medication is going to reduce the inflammation and and hopefully make you better. I can tell you, you know, we talked about I had a back injury that I didn't do anything about for a year when I finally did something about it, it was not related to a car crash. I had epidurals. They work. I'm a perfect example of the fact that they work because I was walking with a limp. It was, it was terrible. I had three or four epidurals. I did an exercise that the doctors told me to do and I'm fine today, knock on wood. but it, So I do know that they work. Epidurals are the next step. Now they don't work for everybody. I think the statistic is they work for about uh, 50% of the people that have them and by working I mean reducing pain, reducing the discomfort on a long-term basis. People are going to tend to get short-term relief from these epidural injections, but the long-term is is probably 50% of the people will get 50% woke. If you don't get relief from the epidural injections and the pain is persistent and it's significant, the next step is typically uh, some type of spinal surgery. And we're dealing with a spinal injury right now. And uh, there are obviously hundreds, if not thousands of other injuries someone can have. But if they have a spine injury, it's typically chiropractic and physical therapy. If people are still in pain, epidurals, if the epidurals don't cure the problem, then some type of spine surgery. Um, these are what is meant by care paths. And it's the same thing. Let's say someone injures their shoulder in a a car wreck. They're going to have to get physical therapy first. They might even get some type of injection therapy into the shoulder. If the shoulder's still in pain and discomfort, then they're going to get an operation. What's important during all of this treatment and care that you get, and it's, more important for two reasons one because the law requires it secondly because it's going to help the doctors in their in their care and treatment of you is that you get the proper diagnostic testing typically an mri or a cat scan or an emg these are the type of tests that can show a physician what the injury is and help the physician make the proper decision in terms of care and treatment And if you have PIP as primary, which is what we recommend when you go buy your car insurance, remember, ladies and gentlemen, PIP is health insurance attached to your car insurance. If you select to have that as primary, You can go and get the treatment that you need. You don't need to have a referral to do it. Um, You can go see a physician. If the physician thinks you need an MRI, you get the MRI, and you go to whatever facility you need, as opposed to health insurance, where it's a different treatment model, and the doctors in the health insurance world are trying to minimize and reduce the amount of treatment you get. In so doing, they're also... Uh, reducing the ability to objectively prove the injury. And if you have the lawsuit threshold, remember that's the law that requires you to have a permanent injury. If you have that, you need to prove the injury through objective testing.
1: Wow. So <laughs> a lot to take into consideration. Yeah. So basically, so if you do have an injury um, and it sounds like you're going from the, the least intrusive up to the more intrusive. So so basically you want to start off. Uh, and, and I guess that's the way I would probably want to have it done. Right. You want to start off. And say, hey, does Physical therapy work, maybe a little chiropractic work. And then if that doesn't work, maybe a little pain management. In your case, it sounds like you had four injections and now you're good. It, I mean, absolutely. No, yeah. no more. So I and I wow. tell clients
2: this. I that's say, amazing. look, you know, I know the idea of getting a needle in your spine is somewhat dis- discomforting. I yeah, you know. <laughs> But it works, and I'm a living <laughs> example of it working, so I mean, I it doesn't it, work for everyone. Interesting,
1: though. so I guess it reduced the inflati- inflammation enough so you kind of healed, I guess, right? It, so it
2: reduced the inflammation, they told me an exercise to do, and it, it strengthened the muscles in my oh. back, and as a result, the the nerve injury in my low back went away. So Amazing. I, Epidurals work. So
1: it does help. Yeah.
2: But if they don't, then the next step is surgery. Right. And obviously that's not to be taken lightly. Anytime someone uh, cuts into the neck or the back is a very significant, very serious issue. It's important that you make sure that you're with the right doctor who's, you know, doesn't do this occasionally. You want the doctor that does it every week and uh, knows exactly what they're doing when they cut into your spine.
1: Right, and they do take time with each of these, so you kind of see if each one works, and then if you really need to go to that last step, you go to that last. So it's not like you know one week here, one week here. So you, you, you kind of know if you really get to the point where you need surgery, you probably do need surgery, and if you've documented this all along the way, yeah. you'll be able to actually pay for the surgery
2: through the different insurance. And, A- and so here's forth. the other thing, too. It's not enough for your doctor to say this person needs surgery. Typically what's going to happen is your auto insurance company Uh, through the PIP provisions, is going to hire a doctor, and that doctor is going to do an exam, a so-called independent exam, and tell your physician whether they concur with the recommendation. Assuming that they concur with the recommendation, the insurance company is going to pay for the surgery. If the doctor who does the independent exam for the insurance company says, no, I don't see it, I don't think they need the surgery, then there's a bit of a problem and an appeal has to take place.
1: Okay, so let's assume I get through this whole process, and we're talking about spine surgery for a moment, so we get to the spine surgery, so if there is a permanent injury, I guess, so what what does that mean to me as far as how I'm taken care of? I mean, okay. What does that mean from an insurance
2: perspective? So now if you have a permanent injury and a case is being brought for you on your behalf, now the question is what is the level of coverage on the other side? If you've had spine surgery and there's only a $15,000 policy on the other side, you're going to get it. The insurance company is going to pay that to you. If there's a 50000 if there's a seventy five, if there's 100000 the insurance company is going to pay that to you. If you get into the range of a $300,000 policy or $250,000 policy, then the insurance company is going to fight back and they're not just going to roll over and tender the policy and we're going to get into the litigation process. Um, So dependent on what the injury is and dependent on what the coverage is on the other side is going to dictate how the case proceeds initially. Okay,
1: so if it is a bigger case, then, then you get into the negotiation as far as what that value is. and If it's associated. a
2: bigger case, you can rest assured that the insurance company on the, on the other side is going to hire a lawyer, and that lawyer is going to do very, very close scrutiny of your past medical history. They're going to subpoena every medical record that you've ever had that they can obtain. They're going to hire numerous doctors to examine you because their goal is to try to minimize the impact for the person that they're defending, and they will hire doctors who will look at that same MRI film and say, no, this isn't accident-related. This is because the person's 50 years old or older. It's degenerative. And they would have had this surgery anyway. It's remarkable that they make these arguments, but they make these arguments.
1: Okay, so when it gets into the larger policy limits and so forth, then it you know matters who's because now you now the representation actually matters because not just writing a check and that's the end of it, um, you know. So you need to make sure that the injury is uh, something fairly significant that you that now, and if you documented everything up front as far as legally as well as medically, now you've got something to work with. You want to really the key,
2: yes, and you want to make sure that the lawyer that you are ha- that's handling your case is a lawyer that tries cases that's in court that's not afraid to stand up to the insurance company.
1: Right. Don't hire a real estate lawyer to do a. <laughs> <you're>
2: Absolutely. <laughs> you want to
1: make sure it's expert. Yes, like in any, litig- in any expert, any profession, in my view, you want to make sure somebody actually does this on an ongoing basis. And this is the big dollars are at stake here and your health is at stake here. So you really want to make sure somebody uh, understands the process and knows how to represent you
2: properly. Interview the professional. Don't, Absolutely. don't think that you, again, it's a consumer market. You got to interview, make sure the person you have is the right person.
1: Well, Robert, we appreciate you coming on again, kind of walking us through the the important sections of the uh, insurance itself, which is the liability uh, area, which kind of protects yourself. You want to make sure those limits are high enough, and you want to make sure that you have the coverage uh, in case, uh, you know, uninsured or underinsured where you're matching it, so you raise the limits up high enough. uh, And you mentioned that up to 30% of the people in New Jersey are estimated not to have insurance coverage. So make sure your coverage is up front is good. Make sure you have your proper health insurance as well. Put the personal injury part first, health insurance second. Um, Have the policy review reviewed periodically and make sure you put an umbrella policy in and one that also covers you in case there's an issue and your is under is on the other side you want to make sure your medical insurance is taken care of. so all the insurance you want to make sure that you're going to benefit from it if something catastrophic happens the other person doesn't have proper insurance in place and you want to make sure that you've got uh, in case of an accident you want to document things from the very beginning you want to make sure that you uh, you know get make sure you okay the other person's okay call 911 get the police department in there get it documented take photographs uh, any physical injuries as well as the scene itself make sure you get hospital care right away make sure you get an attorney to review the policy so you kind of know what everything is in case uh, you do have to go further if you don't you didn't really lose anything but you are going to get the proper care that you want and that uh, you want to make sure that you get yourself taken care of so uh, thanks again robert for coming on and kind of walking us through that really important area of our lives Uh, hopefully it never happens to you but unfortunately uh, stats say that it's a high probability that yourself or somebody in your family is going to live through this at some point in their lives so make sure you get this done correctly Uh, i'm kurt baker with uh, certified Wealth Management Investment. You can call me directly at six zero nine seven one six four seven zero zero, or visit the website, which is www.cwmi.us. Or uh, you can go on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash master your finances. You can listen to this show and all our podcasts at www.masteryourfinances.us. Uh, remember, you too can master your finances and reach your financial peace of mind.
0: That was this week's episode of Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Tune in every Sunday at 9 a.m. to expand your knowledge in building and managing your wealth. Missed an episode? No worries. You can subscribe to a free weekly episode of Master Your Finances to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Master Your Finances is underwritten in part by Certified Wealth Management and Investment and Rider University. Rider offers continuing studies programs for adults who need flexibility. Want to add new skills to your resume? Take a continuing studies course at Rider University.